Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pixel Heart Duo. I got it right that time. Gaming for couples. I believe we are on episode 7 now. Last week we kind of covered some games that we were really excited about that are going to be releasing in 2024. Um, in the last couple of weeks we've covered some easier beginner titles for couples and uh, significant others to play together. This week we're going to dive a little bit deeper and cover some not-so-easy, not-so-beginner titles. Um, we got some good titles on the list. I know you're excited to cover some. I'm excited to cover some. And then we're going to cover a game that is coming out as of this recording in nine days that I cannot wait for. It got a release date. And hopefully I can put it on some of y'all's radar so that you can get as hyped as the game, uh, as hyped about the game as I am. So, yeah. Um... I mean, it's been a pretty good week since the last time we recorded, I'd say. I, we've, we've had some fun. We've done some some fun things together. We got some more some more games that we need to try out, some more Switch stuff. So I'd say, uh, I'd say it's been a good week. Yeah, it has been. there, And, and you know, as we head towards our this release that we're going to be talking about today, which we're both super excited about. Um, it just gives us even more to enjoy together. It does. It does. So like I said, tonight is co-op titles, titles you can play with your partner that are not necessarily beginner friendly. One in particular, I said we would never cover on this show just because it's way too hard. Well, guess what? I'm a liar. So, um, we got five titles we're going to cover. We got one that's kind of like a, you know, like it's, it's an oldie, but goodie. And then we got a title that's coming out. Like I said, in nine days that we're going to talk about, we're going to discuss a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then we got a topic to talk about, um, at the end of the, the episode, we're going to finish up with what makes a good co-op game. And we're going to kind of discuss that a little bit. So why don't you go ahead and take it off? lead the way with the first episode that we are going to cover to, or the first game we're going to cover tonight and uh and we'll go from there so first off we've got tiny tina's wonderlands it, it is available on ps4 and 5 pc as well as all xbox platforms it is an action role-playing first-person shooter video game developed by Gearbox Software and published by 2K. As a spin-off in the Borderlands series and a sequel to Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, the game is set within the world of a fantasy-themed table role-playing game. Set after Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, the campaign is set within the world of a fantasy-themed tabletop role-playing game called Bunkers and Badasses. Tiny Tina is its dungeon master and can change the, world, the game's world on the fly. Similar to its predecessors, the game is a first-person shooter with elements of an action role-playing game. The game can also be played solo, or with up to three other players in online or local split-screen multiplayer. Now, the, obviously, you know, when it comes to the Borderlands franchise, there's an aesthetic that you are looking for, and Tiny Tina's Wonderland hits it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful game. In fact, you know, I was watching a, 
a review and that was his complaint was that, you know, there was so much that was reminiscent of Borderlands. And I was like, mm, that's the whole point. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. There's, you're going to notice there's some reused mechanics um, with, you know, certain mobs as well as, you know, bigger boss fights and that kind of thing. Um, However, uh, I, I, it's, it's a fantastic game. And, and the thing that I love about it is the replayability. You can play it over and over and over again, and you're not going to get bored. Um, at least I won't be, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I don't get, or maybe I'm challenged, challenged. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but it's a game that, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun to play. It's challenging, um, and the split-screen um, multiplayer option is always fantastic. Um, so you can sit next to your honey bunny while you play and murder people, and that's a very sweet um, date. What do you think, Frick? Yeah, very, very sweet date. Murdering skeletons and jellies and mushrooms. Um, I, it's... I love the Borderlands series. Um, Tiny Tina is a fan favorite. She is a character that everybody loved in the first three Borderlands. So then, of course, they had to make a spinoff, and then they had to no make another spinoff. Um, I played a decent amount of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands solo. Um, it's one of those titles where it would be a lot of fun to play, you know, with a partner. You can play, you know, up to four people in your party. So again, like if you want to double date or you want to have a game night with your, you know, your significant other and some friends or whatever, you can play local, you can play online, you know, there's multiple classes and subclasses you can play because I mean, your character is, you're playing like a and d type game, but then you're thrust into the game and like, you know, and it's got a lot of like cool cameos like Will Arnett is the ba the voice of the bad guy and like, you know, you get to play and help out Princess Butt Stallion, who's like a unicorn, doesn't doesn't talk, just neighs. Um, you know, and I mean, it, it's got that that quirky Borderlands humor to it. You know, and it's 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 a looter shooter. I mean, I love those games where you just you kill something or you open a chest and just loot flies everywhere, and it's a bunch of different colors. You know, I love the Diablo games. I love the Borderlands games for that reason because it's it's a dopamine hit. I mean, you see all the loot fly everywhere and you're like, oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, like Borderlands, naturally, you've got millions and billions of different gun combinations because it's all procedurally generated and random. So, I mean, it's like, you know, and, and I mean, once you once you get the story done, then you can go back and play as a different class or you can continue to go do the side quests. And it's got like an, an overworld map feature where like it's a little different than Borderlands in the sense that like, you have this overland feature and your character can run around and has a giant head. It's got like interactive stuff that you can do. You can, you can like skip dungeons. You can do stuff out of order if you want to. The game will unlock sections of the map as you progress the main story. Like Tiny Tina's is one of those games that if you both love gaming, you both have, you know, kind of off the wall humor. You both are no Borderlands or have played Borderlands. It's another one of those titles. And it's a ton of fun because not only is it like a Borderlands title, but it's also D&D themed. And so like it breaks the fourth wall constantly. And it's just one of those games where it's just, 
it's a ton of fun to play, and you, you're just laughing listening to the dialogue, too, so. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's funny watching my my daughter. She's actually playing through the original Borderlands. And so I told her tonight, I was like, you need to download this onto your Xbox store. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure she will be starting that out with her boyfriend. So Exciting stuff. Yeah. So Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. You can get it. Wherever you get your games, it's it's across the board. It's you know, multi-platform and it's cross-platform. Um, I like I said, I played almost exclusively single-player on PC with an Xbox One controller. However, uh, I had a friend who joined and they were playing on their Xbox Series X. So you know, we were in the same game. You know, you can play cross consoles. So definitely a fun game to play. The next game on our list, probably not a lot of you have heard of, um, and admittedly, I have heard only through friends. However, I've watched them play. I've seen videos. Uh, it's one of those games where it's fun, and it looks simple on the surface, but it's really not. And that game actually is a two-parter, and we are going to be talking about the second one specifically. However, the first one also has a lot of good co-op, and that is Moving Out 1 and 2. You can get it on PC, on Steam, you can get it for the PS4 or 5, you can get it on Switch, our favorite console to play, co-op titles, uh, your Xbox Series S, your Xbox Series X, or on your Xbox One. Uh, players who want to truly test their cooperative skills should look into Moving Out, or its 2023 sequel, Moving Out 2, which came out the middle Q3 of last year. This multiplayer moving game sees colorful characters band together to move furniture, boxes, and other items from a variety of locations. Each level rewards players for moving items to a nearby truck as quickly as possible, and there are tons of replayability with special attacks and challenges that unlock for each level after players complete it for the first time. With up to four players at a time, Moving Out and Moving Out 2 is a chaotic blast that rewards cooperative play, planning, and execution. And it's one of those games, if you like Overcooked, if you like, you know, the other games like Fall Guys or Rubber Bandits, where, you know, you, you're kind of like that over the top, but you're working together like an Overcooked, an Overcooked 2. It, it's, it's silly, it's colorful, it's got, you know, like ramping difficulty. Um, and that's something that, that also Tiny Tina's has, is you can lower the difficulty or raise it depending on, you know, how how bad or good you are at the game so you can start easy get harder um moving out to the levels start off easy and then they ramp up in difficulty as well as so the challenges get more extreme your time gets a little bit more crunched and so it's one of those games where you could have a ton of fun as long as you don't take it super seriously um you won't end up hating each other as you're trying to move furniture boxes tvs into the truck moving it out of the house that you are currently on or whatever level you're on um i know i don't have a lot of experience with it but i have seen a lot of videos um just kind of watching the content and going over it what are your thoughts on this title it definitely reminds me um as far as like the the mechanics of it, it reminds me a lot of overcooked um even though it's like different 
you know, facets, obviously, overcooked, you're dealing with cooking food, and this you're dealing with moving out. And just like I wouldn't actually want a chef from overcooked cooking my food, I would not want these movers moving me. <laughs> you see, they're, you're breaking windows and everything like that, because the whole point is to get the sofa from the living room into the moving van, however, you know, if it means breaking a window and chucking it through that, that's okay. Um, but it, no, it looks like a lot of fun and it is going to challenge um, people to work together because, you know, you've got to deal with physics, you've got to deal with inertia, you've got to deal with angles. And, you know, the, as it gets more and more challenging, you're going to be working with like trying to get a sectional through a door and you both have to move and choreograph the right way in order to get it through. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to push you to work together in order to succeed. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm ready to try it. I actually beat Overcooked too by myself because I couldn't I couldn't play it with anybody else because it drove me nuts. <laughs> like, no, no, got the tomatoes. Yeah, I can attest. <laughs> so, um, so I, I'm interested to try it out and see how this works out. If I'm if I'm a little more patient. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to working together to move out. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reviews I saw talked about um, corralling chickens and my ears perked up and I thought, okay, you know, I don't know if you, any of you follow the chicken wars on, on TikTok, but I'm like obsessed with chickens now because of it. So, <laughs> all right. So, to, up next, we've got Unraveled 2. It's a game that's on PC, PS Online Store, Switch, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Um, so basically anything, anywhere where, where you want to play it, it is there. Unraveled 2 is the sequel to Coldwater, or Coldwood's Interactive's highly acclaimed single-player platformer Unravel. The premise is fairly simple. Two small dolls made of yarn who are connected to each other go on an adventure. The yarn can be used to lasso and swing from trees, build bridges, and drag objects from one place to another. In Unravel 2, players can play alone and switch between the yarn dolls, but it's much more enjoyable to partner up with a friend or a loved one. Unravel 2 depends on the collaborative aspect, and most puzzles require some teamwork. The game levels are beautifully designed, and its soundtrack is amazing. Players who want to dive into another whimsical platformer with their friends after completing it, or after completing It Takes Two, should definitely look at Unravel 2. Um, I, you know, I platformers puzzlers those are my heart you know um and the thing that i love about unravel 2 is it's aesthetically pleasing it's going to keep your your attention it is challenging um so you know things like because there, there's like i mentioned before you're using the yarn together to you know 
accomplish a goal, whether it's to lasso something or get you to one side of the screen to the other side of the screen. Um, so you're you're definitely working together, and it does take a bit of precision in order to execute, you know, the said mechanics. So having said that, um, it leans more towards a gamer that's going to be familiar with things like wall jumps and, you know, and hitting, you know, landing on those really, really skinny things and um, that kind of thing. So, but it's a lot of fun and it is adorable. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to giving this one a shot as well. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, it's and it's it's a great title. It's gorgeous. I know you know those of you who are watching the VOD, um, you know on YouTube, it looks just like the VOD. It's it is a gorgeous game. It's a gorgeous title. It's vibrant color, but it's also really dark and muddy at times, like the background. Um, you know, is really muted and it, it kind of pops, you know, one player is red, one player is blue, you're tied together. So you have to work together. It's not like, you know, it takes two where they reference, you know, for fans who have that and you completed it, it takes two, you can go off, you know, around the corner. Like when you're doing the hammer and the nail segments, like you can be on the other side of the level and it takes, or on unravel two, you're tied together. So you can only go as far as the yarn can, can go apart. And so, it adds that little bit of challenge, but you can also leverage that um, when you are playing together and kind of beat levels pretty efficiently, get to some some cool parts of the, the levels and whatnot. And I've actually played this title with my kids. We did not get very far because it, it can get challenging. Um, you know, she alluded to you kind of have to know mechanics, just basic game mechanics you can learn like it'll it, it kind of teaches you as you go but you have to pick it up pretty quick because the wall jumps the swinging you know you have to like swing on nails and one of you has to let go at the perfect time the perfect point of the fulcrum you know on the swing or otherwise you're just gonna like boop hit the wall or like miss something so it's a really good co-op title um it is definitely not a beginner co-op title kind of like it takes two where it starts off easy and then it gets a lot more difficult um, but for those people who like the side-scrolling platformers, they like that kind of like 2D and a half platformers, it's it's a really good title, um, you know, and, and I would definitely recommend it. I'm looking forward to playing it together. This, this is going to be on our list of titles we need to play together because although we have gamed a lot together, the Gamerverse is expansive and there's a lot more out there that we've missed. So I am excited yes, to, to play it as well. Yeah, yes, there is. Yes, there is. <laughs> so i know there was a title i said there's a couple titles that were ne we said we would never talk about and it's very early on in our podcast life to say the word never so i am going to walk that one back on this next title because these are non-beginner co-op games non-beginner co-op titles Let's talk about the king of non-beginner co-op titles, and that would be Cuphead. You can get it on a PS Online store, a PS4, a PS5. You can find it on Xbox Game Pass, pretty much anywhere. Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Series X, it plays everywhere. You can get it on Switch, you can get it on PC. This 2D side-scrolling platformer has a unique style that borrows a lot from cartoons from the 1930s. Not just the style, but the whole Cuphead package is quite unique. From the boss battles to how puzzles are performed, 
However, where Cuphead truly shines is that it's an extremely difficult game. When teaming up with another player via couch co-op or multiplayer, Cuphead gets even harder as the boss's health doubles and everything gets turned to 11. However, this shouldn't deter anyone from playing the game. In fact, it only inspires players to think quicker every time they screw up. And it is a really good title. It is a really challenging title. Um, my God, could some of these bosses be challenging. Um, but one of the things I really love, and I'm actually kind of glad that we're covering it, is Cuphead was one of those games, every single frame of that game was hand-drawn. So it looks the way it does. It's got that 1930s like kind of vintage feel. You're gonna see in like old cartoons. You're gonna see on like vintage tattoos. It's that really popular like old timey vintage like aesthetic. It was all hand drawn. So every frame you see in that game when you're jumping around, when you're shooting, when the bosses are doing things, when you're when you're doing moves, when you're on the the mini map, the world map, you know, going from one place to another, one boss to another. It's all hand-drawn, and I love it. I love the amount of time they put into it. Um, there's actually, like, more content to Cuphead than when it first was released, but it is it is probably the Dark Souls of side-scrolling 2Ds. Like, it is tough. It is hard. And adding another player playing, you know, as Cuphead and his sidekick doubling a boss's health when a boss you're already barely beating it now you have twice the health pool and twice the people so if your partner your spouse your significant other is not a good gamer and they get wrecked immediately because you have three lives and then you're done until either you beat the boss or you die and have to restart if they are done they are done and you have to carry for twice as long so it is one of those games where it is most certainly not for beginners, but it is so fun. It, it, it is a ton of fun if you can just take a step back and not be super competitive and just laugh off your deaths and laugh off the silliness together because the bosses are so whimsical. Like And, and just seeing them and knowing that they're all hand-drawn, it's one of those titles where like you can go back and you can play it and... You could, when you start to get really good at it, you could speed run it, or you could watch your friend speed run. I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing title, definitely not for beginner couples though. That that is something that I run into a lot um, in my my alter ego, where parents, you know, they see the cartoony style of it and whatever, and they think, oh, this is a great game for my seven year old. No, it is not. Do not get it for a seven-year-old. <laughs> it is hard. Um, how and it's funny you mentioned like I Cuphead is really really like if Dark Souls put out a platformer. Like this is this is the difficulty of it. However, I'm now like when I was kind of writing it off because I I told you all before I avoid Souls like games because they hurt my feelings because I'm like I'm I'm smarter than this but this game actually has me uh intrigued and I think uh after taking a look at at it you know third or fourth look at it I think I might give it a shot I don't know I, I, I maybe I'm you know just looking for some punishment I don't <laughs> 
but I I definitely think that it would be challenging to say the least. Next on our list is a Sony title, um, a Sony exclusive, and it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, that's why it's an honorable mention because um, there's only you can only play it on a PS3 and 4, I believe. Um, currently, uh, it is Little Big Planet 3. Um, and if you're familiar with the adventures of Sackboy, um, you know that you're, you're already familiar with this game and it is beautiful. Even though it released all the way back in November of 2014, and while it's not generally considered the franchise's high point, there was a lot of criticisms and controversies along the way. Um, it garnered a fairly mixed reception compared to its immediate predecessor. However, at this point, it is the best overall option in terms of content. The game has quite a lot of stages from the previous entries in the series, which almost transforms it into something of the greatest hits collection. More importantly, Little Big Planet 3's servers are still active, granting access to community levels and online co-op. Uh, the the thing that um, I loved most about Little Big Planet 3 was the creator mode. And where you could actually go in and design a level. Um, and, you know, there's the tutorial part of it that just kind of that walks you through on how to do it. And you're, you know, you're you're playing as sack boy or sack girl um, in order to do that. And then and then you go into full creator mode and, you know, you can you can build out a level and, and play it and see how it works with complete with power ups and, you know that kind of thing um so this would be a great title for say your um game developer you know friend that's aspiring to greater heights or whatever um you know because that in and of itself is that's almost like a game in and of itself and definitely worth the the time and effort put into it and it is a good title. It is old. Um, occasionally, you might be able to, to see it on uh, you know the PlayStation Store. I hope they're able to port it forward because Little Big Planet, you know, is it's a really good title. Um, but like I said, it it's it's old, which is kind of why it's an honorable mention for us. It's not one of the you know the big titles that we wanted to discuss. But it's one of those just kind of for fun. If you have a PS4, you can pick it up probably. Probably on clearance. Um, you can get a used copy at your local GameStop or Second and Charles or something. It, it's a lot of fun. Like she said, there's creator mode. Um, so it's definitely a title to, to put that feather in your cap. But, like I said. Dum, dum, dum. I, ca I can't wait. And it, it's, it's, it's crazy how hyped I am for this game. But really, like, yeah. But anyways, let's get into it. Now, what is this title that I'm so excited about, like, that, that we are so excited about? Well, on January 19th, nine days from recording this episode, Pow World will be entering early access and releasing PC, Xbox Series X, and X. 
and on the Xbox One. You can pre-order it on Steam right now. It might be on Game Pass. Pretty sure it's coming to Game Pass. And like yeah, I said, so it is it's first day delivery. First day delivery, January nineteenth, twenty twenty four. Fight, farm, build, and work alongside mysterious creatures called pals in this completely new multiplayer open world survival and crafting game. Pal World is home to over 100 unique pals at launch, and they have plans to add more in future content packs, each equipped with a diverse set of skills to enhance the player's adventure. Along your journey, you will also encounter formidable boss pals that pose a challenge even for the most seasoned pal tamers. Naturally, these boss pals are also capturable. Simply put, and you'll you'll hear this, it's not like, you know, it's unique to me saying this. This is kind of the tagline that everybody who had early access, who was able to play it, who was able to get in like on the, the testing, they all say it, everybody says it. It's essentially Pokemon with guns. Um, it's You can capture pals, you can level them up, you can have your favorite pals, they help you. You know, there's a base building aspect to it. So the more pals you you capture, the more pals that are there to help you build your base. They can water your crops. They can you know level up. They can build stuff faster in your base. Um, there are also um, faction leaders akin to like gym leaders in Pokemon. If you're more into Digimon, this is like Digimon with guns. So um, it's. It's a title I can't I can't wait to play and people are like going frenzied over this game because those those people who have actually been able to get their hands on it they're like this is going to be so much fun. And now it has a release date, January 19th, 2024. I have played every single Pokémon title from the original Pokémon. I didn't really get into the the card game. My kids did because they loved it. I I bought cards and collected, but like I always played Pokemon. I still play Pokemon Go on my phone. I got to get my like daily login bonuses, catch a Pokemon, spin a stop. I love the aspect of Pokemon. I love like catching stuff. Cassette Beast is one of my favorite titles on Game Pass. You know, it just it's it's one of those. It's just it's so much fun. Now we got Pal World coming out, and it just takes it a step farther. And for those of you who are watching the VOD on YouTube, you can see that it's it is a gorgeous game. It's akin. I'm I'm shocked they're not gonna you know that they haven't gotten any sort of legal action because some of these pals look eerily similar to some Pokemon, but they're just different enough to where I think that. Uh, you know, it, it's they're going to be safe. But I, I can't wait to play it. In nine days, I'm going to be able to get my hands on it. And then I'll have all weekend to play it. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I I just want to see a Snorlax-like pal with a Gatling gun. And then my my life is complete. I'm good. Yeah, so the, the, the with guns part, you know, it's twofold. Not only can you, you know, have, like, bows and arrows and, you know, all that kind of, and guns and assault rifles, I think, and some other choices, you can actually trade up certain Pokemon, or, oh, man, that's going to be bad, certain pal types 
to also be armed, like I said, with a Gatling gun and some other selections. So, um, so that's a lot of fun. And then there's something for everybody. It's not, you know, you're not just wandering around, you know, like fighting and fighting and fighting, but you most certainly can play it that way if that's what you want. It's open world. There's bosses out there. There's um, enemy factions and this and that. Um, but there's also the farming aspect as well as the building, you know, sort of for you Stardew players or whatever. There might be something in there for you um, to, you know, to build upon and that kind of thing. It does not, um, it does not cross over into the MMO because the server is limited to 32. So you can play with 32 of your closest friends. I, I only have like three. So we're good. We're not, guys, don't worry. We're not going to over flood the, the server or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I was kind of ruffling my feathers a little bit because there was so much reference to Pokemon, you know, in, in a lot of the reviews and the write-ups and that kind of thing. But after having seen the gameplay and stuff like that, I understand because I'll, because aesthetically, like what Ferk was saying, it, there's a couple that like, like, ooh, is there going to be a cease and desist on that one? <laughs> but, but there's also aspects of it that really separates itself from both Digimon and Pokemon. Um, it is a, a title into its own. I, 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 I do feel like, you know, after you've gotten to play it and fall in love with it and learn the mechanics of it and that kind of thing, I think you're going to be one of those people that bristles and says, don't call this a Pokemon game. It's not a Pokemon game. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited for it as well. And we'll be playing it on launch day. Yes, especially on Game Pass. An amazing value. It's, I feel like every week we talk about game pass it, it comes back around because it is it's an amazing value but yeah i remember you know a while back i was watching the the trailer one of the gameplay trailers with my son and i was like hold up i was like hold up is that a pan sage with an ak like what is this like green monkey with a with a gun <laughs> just lighting people up and then like a couple a couple scenes later it was like an electabuzz melded with my neighbor totoro and he was wielding a minigun and i was like what is this and then of course power world and i went oh this is what this is interesting and so i i consumed all the youtube content i could i went on the website i looked and see you know and saw and originally this the the trailer that came out this past week was supposed to be released the middle of december and so it got postponed and everyone was like well we know that the game is going to come out in january because they came out and said january 2024 release this trailer that came out, you know, a few days ago had a, a January 19th date and everyone went nuts, myself included. So I cannot wait to play this title. We will be playing it quite a bit. Um, we'll probably be alternating between the Xbox and the PC. Um, I need to verify that your your account can transfer back and forth just to make it easier because there's sometimes I want to sit on the couch and play and there's sometimes I like to sit in my my gaming chair and, and play on pc and it's a lot easier with discord when you have multiple monitor setups to to play on one screen play on the other and with game pass 
Microsoft PC, Microsoft Xbox, you can use the same controller to play on a console or on a PC. So it makes it a lot easier too. But I can't wait. I can't wait to play it together. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'll be interested to find out if um, it will be playable on Microsoft Cloud. Um, that's that's my new um, Ushiny where I'm like, oh, what can be played on my phone? What can, you know, because there are, there is a, a grind a bit when it comes to like the farming and that kind of thing. And that it, I can see where that would be like super fun to just kind of, you know, kill some time on your phone and play it. And then, um, you know, one of the big selling points with the, with Microsoft cloud is that your progress is saved so that when you log into your series X, what you did on your phone is still there. Um, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see, um, how they integrate all, how Microsoft integrates all of these, these fun little aspects to it. And the other great thing is it is not an expensive title. You know, the new titles have been dropping and it's like $69.99, $79.99. The Final Fantasy Rebirth is $108. Um, so, I mean, game prices are high, you know, really high. Pal World, $29.99. Like, I think that's fantastic that... They were able to the, the the developers and the publisher was able to come to that kind of low price point like that and make it available to more people. Yeah, and then again, if you have Game Pass, it's a it's a day one title. So if you're paying for Game Pass, you don't pay anything extra to play it. So it's really good value. It's going to be one of those games that they're going to add content to it. Like I said, it starts out with. Um, over a hundred unique pals they have released I think 48 right now so there's 52 still that nobody has seen nobody knows it's going to be that like fresh ooh ah when you play it and they they have plans to add more you know at a later date so they're gonna they're gonna constantly be adding to the game and they might have sequels they might have DLC we're not quite sure what the model looks like completely yet but I can tell you that it's going to have a lot of replayability so it's it is definitely going to be a title that I am very excited for so there you go five games and one incoming on the 19th of this month get hyped game on go play but now let's talk about what makes a good co-op game because there are so many genres out there there are so many different types of games there's competitive there's cooperative there's you know it just so what what makes it for me i got a couple points and then you know we'll, we'll kind of discuss so for me what makes a good co-op game for starters it's got to have replayability or the ability to get sucked into a story together it's got to have problems or levels that require more than one person to solve, or it's, it needs to be able to reward teamwork. So like in It Takes Two, where you need to have that teamwork, but you don't necessarily need to be like together, together on the same screen. It's really nice. Um, if a game has a single-player mode or is a single-player game with co-op, it needs to have that elevating aspect so it, the co-op gameplay has extra content or modes or unlocks. Um, Super Mario Wonder, which I'm sure we're going to cover in a, a future episode if we do more Switch-specific titles. That has, you know, it's it's kind of designed for co-op. It's for multiplayer, multiple people, which you can play just as well on, on single player. It's just more enjoyable on co-op. Super Mario Odyssey, 
you can play it single player, but if someone's con you know controlling Cappy, it kind of elevates the co-op gameplay because it adds that that element of unpredictability. Um, and yeah, um, you know, it, it it just it's it's something that you gotta have. You gotta have that like unique aspect to it. it. Can't just be like a single player title where you know player two has entered the game. Like you've got it, it needs to be able to cater to that co that co-op experience that elevates it and makes you want to play with your significant other, not groan like, oh, but I already made it this far in the story. I don't need you to join the game. Like, can we just play something else? Like, you, I, I want to play with you. I want to play games with you. And, and those co-op titles that hit those three basic things, you know, for me, that's what make, that is a good foundation for a co-op title no matter what, what uh, genre it's in. I think one of the big points for me um, is a good co-op game is going to be a game that offers challenging content for both beginners as well as advanced players. Um, while I grew up with console, my, my dad was a big tech nerd, so we had Atari and we had Sega and we had <laughs> Nintendo and we had all of that growing up. I personally wasn't a big gamer back in that that time you know even it was a part of it part of my week but not like a, a big thing it didn't become a big thing to me until um until actually i was married to my first husband and he had he was a really um skilled gamer he'd been gaming for like seriously for a very long time and we tried very hard, or I tried very hard to get him to play with me, but he wouldn't because I wasn't as good as he was. Um, and so he didn't want to. Um, so, you know, that that is something um, to me that, that, that I look for in a co-op game. Something that, you know, the, the person that is new to gaming, you know, because the, the chances of you both being on the same gaming skill level, you know, you, you might not be. And so something that, that can push and challenge both of you and get you to work together and have fun together and get sucked into a game together, regardless of your, your individual skill level, because, you know, we're stronger together, right? You know, you lift me up, I lift you up. And, you know, um, that's something that I look for. And, uh, you know, when I'm thinking if this is going to be a good co-op game or not. Yep. And it's important. It's important to cater to all skill levels, you know, especially those of us who, who grew up, you know, during, you know, like the, the video game boom. Um you know, I, I am the antithesis to you. Like I remember growing up in, you know, I grew up all over. I was a military brat. So I, I had to make friends quickly when I moved to new places. And usually the universal way to make friends was, are you a Sega kid or a Nintendo kid? I was a Sega kid, not by choice. My parents got me a Genesis for Christmas. Um, you know, but that was okay because I had friends that had Super Nintendos. I had friends that had Nintendo 64s, you know. And then when I got old enough to buy my own stuff, I bought a PlayStation 1. I bought a PlayStation 2. I became a Sony and a Sony fanboy. And, um, you know, as you can tell, for those of you who watch the videos behind me, you can see, like, the Nintendo 64 
controllers sitting here. You can see the Nintendo Super, like, you can see the arcade cabinet, Turtles in Time, one of the best arcade games out there of all time. I'll fight you over it. Like, you know, talk about co-op, there's four sticks on that that console. So, like, you can play up to four players. I play with my kids all the time. It's a ton of fun. Um, but having that varying degree of challengeness that caters to all skill levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think every co-op game needs to be easy, and I don't think every co-op game mm. needs to be difficult. But having that ability, like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, you can toggle the difficulty up or down depending on your comfort level. So if you're really good at the game, but your partner is not, you can play a class that you don't really like to play. Like, I like to play... Long, longer range characters. I'm not a big melee fan, so I would probably play a melee class. You know, if you're not that good at it, as you learn the game, and then as you get better, we increase the, the difficulty. You know, and it's it's nice to have that. Or games that start off easy and then get hard. It takes two. It started off easy. You know, you're not the best with a controller in your hand, so we hit a point where you struggled for a while, but then you picked it up. It kind of you know it was like riding a bike, and then you got good at it, and it. it, it your skill level rose to meet the challenge. And then, like, my skill level rose to meet the challenge later on in the game. So, like, you definitely have a very valid point with that. And it is, you know, one of the four pillars, I think, on what makes a good co-op game. Well, and something that It Takes Two does um, that's really nice is only one person has to own it. Um, and not all, not all co-op games are like that. Not all, you know, multiplayer games are like that where every single, you know, they, they got greedy, you know, why are they going to charge you one and let four people play, you know, when they can actually charge you four times <laughs> to get everybody playing. Uh, we noticed a big drop off actually with couch co-op, uh, right about like 2019, 2020 in that area. Um, and, you know, some of it was, you know, there was so much focus on environment and that kind of thing that it was really intensive um, just to have a split screen and have that much detail. Um, that was, you know, that's what they, they said. I think it like, like what I, the conspiracy theorist in me likes to say um, that I think it's more that they wanted to charge you four times for one game so that you could play with your friends so i i really like the titles like it takes two that you you only need to buy it once and i think that's fantastic i i hope game developers if you're listening out there you take a leaf from their notebook because i think it's phenomenal and i'm more likely to play it there you go that's my soapbox developers take note and so that i can stick a foot on the soapbox really quick nintendo allow people to buy gifts for their friends like if i want to buy a game for a friend so we can play it together let me do it don't force my friend to buy the game because then they're going to come up with a reason to not buy it let me just so there i'll take my foot off your soapbox too so that that wraps up episode seven of Pixel Heart Duo Gaming for Couples. We gave you some not-so-beginner-friendly titles. We talked about what makes a good co-op game. We talked about the upcoming title, Pal World, launching on January 19th, 2024, which we will play a lot. 
we will add it into our rotation in between our League of Legends ARAMs and our Attack on Titan and other anime watching. We will play some PAL World. But, uh, yeah, any closing thoughts before we finish this week's uh, episode up? I think I'm going to hit up my, I think, mid-journey, the AI imagery thing for a Snorlax with a Gatling gun. I think I, I... Hey, anybody out there, tell me a good prompt for that for Midjourney, and I will do it. Snorlax. <laughs> Show you the results next Snorlax week. of the minigun. That's like Gumbo Slice 2.0 <laughs> with his pizza and his gator. You're going to have Snorlax with his minigun and his apples. Or, I don't know, something. But, maybe, I don't know. Maybe a, a hat and a, a fedora. Oh, even better. Snorlax with a minigun and a fedora. Gumbo Slice 2.0. There you go. Uh. All right. Well... That is enough fun for us for one week. Like I say every week, you can catch us on Twitch, Frickin' Fox, LLC. We usually stream this live between 8.30 and 8.45 p.m. Mountain Time on Wednesdays. And then you can catch it on YouTube on our channel, uh, at Frickin' Fox, Friday on YouTube, and every other audio streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Music, all the big ones, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Pixel Heart Duo, you'll be able to find us. Until then, we will catch you next week. Game on. Peace.